Good evening, everyone. <clears throat> I'm very pleased to welcome as our celebrant this evening Bishop Noel Trainer, Bishop of Down and Connor. It's a joy for me to come here again this evening and to join all of you and Father Joe Gunn, your parish priest, as we celebrate this, our Sunday Eucharist, the Vigil Eucharist of the 24th Sunday of the year. Now, my friends, of course, we do so as a parish, and this Mass is being offered for the people of the parish. And we unite ourselves this weekend, this uh, Sunday, with all of those who have celebrated the International Eucharistic Congress in Budapest in Hungary. You've probably heard about that. And we remember, remember to with many of your friends, perhaps in the United States, all those who were killed in the 9-11 um, incident and tragedy so many years ago now, and all those who bear the burden and the suffering of that, those who lost beloved in that tragic event. The readings we're going to listen to this evening, my friends, as we gather here and with those who join us via the podcast, the first one you'll notice there is from the prophet Isaiah. It is from the third song of the Suffering Servant. And then there's a very beautiful psalm, a very practical reading, lines from the letter of St. James. And then we come to that high point, that pivotal point in the Gospel according to Mark, the profession of faith, the confession of faith by Peter. We open our minds and our hearts to the Word of God, to be energized by it, to be cleansed of our failures, frailty and sinfulness by it, and to be given a compass for our Christian life and lifestyle as we pray together and pray for God's forgiveness. Lord Jesus, you have shown us the way to the Father. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you have given us the consolation of the truth. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you are the good shepherd leading us into everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory, Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father. Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray. Look upon us, O God, creator and ruler of all things, and that we may feel the working of your mercy. Grant that we may serve you with all our heart, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. The Lord has opened my ear. For my part, I made no resistance, 
neither did I turn away. I offered my back to those who struck me, my cheeks to those who tore at my beard. I did not cover my face against insult and spittle. The Lord comes to my help so that I am untouched by the insults. So too I set my face like flint. I know I shall not be shamed. My vindicator is here at hand. Does anyone start proceedings against me? Then let us go to court together. Who thinks he has a case against me? Let him approach me. The Lord is coming to my help. Who dare condemn me? The word of the Lord. I love the Lord for he has heard the cry of my appeal, for he has turned his ear to me in the day when I called him. They surrounded me, the snares of death, with the anguish of the tomb. They caught me, sorrow and distress. I called on the Lord's name. O Lord my God, deliver me. How gracious is the Lord and just. Our God has compassion. The Lord protects the simple hearts. I was helpless, so he saved me. He has kept my soul from death, my ears, my eyes from tears, and my feet from stumbling. I will walk in the presence of the Lord in the land of the living. The second reading is a reading from the letter of St. James. Take the case, my brothers, of someone who has never done a single good act, but claims that he has faith. Will that faith save him? If one of the brothers or one of the sisters is in need of clothes and has not enough food to live on, and one of you says to them, I wish you well, keep yourself warm and eat plenty, without giving them these bare necessities of life, then what good is that? Faith is like that. If good works do not go with it, it is quite dead. This is the way to talk to people of that kind. You say you have faith and I have good deeds. I will prove to you that I have faith by showing you my good deeds. Now you prove to me that you have faith without any good deeds to show. The word of the Lord. We greet the gospel. Alleluia, alleluia. I am the way, the truth, and the life, says the Lord. No one can come to the Father except through me. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel 
according to Mark. Jesus and his disciples left for the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he put this question to his disciples. Who do people say I am? And they told him, John the Baptist, they said. Others, Elijah. Others again say you're one of the prophets. But you, he asked, who do you say I am? Peter spoke up and said to him, you are the Christ. And he gave them strict orders not to tell anyone about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man was destined to suffer grievously, to be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes, and to be put to death, and after three days to rise again. And he said all this quite openly. Then, taking him aside, Peter started to remonstrate with him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, because the way you think is not God's way, but man's. He called the people and his disciples to him and said, If anyone wants to be a follower of mine, let him renounce himself and take up his cross and follow me. For anyone who wants to save his life will lose it. But anyone who loses his life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. This is the gospel of the Lord. So my dear friends, um, it's nice to see you all here this evening as we gather for the celebration of this, our Sunday Eucharist, and with you to greet all those who join us via the podcast. Um, and um, of course, in recent times, we have returned, as we have been doing for some time in the course of this year, to reading extracts from the Gospel according to St. Mark, one of the four Gospels by it, okay? One of the Gospels by Mark, Matthew, Luke, and then by John. The children and the boys and girls know all of that. And the extract that we have just read there and listened to this evening, my dear friends, it marks a key moment, a milestone, you might say, in the structure of the narrative of St. Mark's Gospel. Peter's response to Jesus' question, what does Peter say? He says, you are the Christ. It's a confession of faith and a pivotal moment in Mark's Gospel. The meaning of all that has been outlined in the earlier part of the Gospel text, the sayings of Jesus, the healing miracles, you remember them, the statements about God, all of that is gathered into Peter's straightforward and simple confession and recognition of Jesus as the Christ, God incarnate, the Son of God. Yet, watch it. In the exchanges that follow in this text, Peter and his fellow disciples discover that their notion of God is to be turned upside down, to be questioned radically, to be turned upside down by Jesus' own self-understanding of his identity as Son of God. They will discover, as Jesus told them, that the way you think is not God's way, but man's. Do you remember that line in the Gospel there that we've just read? As followers of Christ, of Jesus, they will discover 
that they will have to shed fixed ideas about God and the things of God, about religious practices, and about personal and cultural identities. In other words, that everybody can become a member of the kingdom of God, no matter what their cultural background, no, ma no matter what the color of their skin, no matter who they are or what they are. Their relationship with Jesus, God incarnate, will turn their world, their understanding of God and faith upside down in many regards. Indeed, the living word of God, which we listen to and read when we come to church and from our Bibles, continues to question and change our outlook, our sense of God, our sense of faith and religion, our ways of doing things, our ways of handling situations. It calls us sometimes to undo our prejudices and our overly quick judgments of others, particularly in complex situations. Identity, Christian identity, is at the heart of this lively gospel passage, which begins with a very simple question on the part of Jesus, as he and his companions make their way walking the road around Caesarea Philippi. The question you notice, and you can take home your pamphlet and just look at the structure of the text, this question leads to a discussion of public opinion, what people are saying about Jesus, discussion about his sayings and doings. Then comes Peter's breakthrough confession. After that, St. Mark throws in his motif that repeats itself in the gospel from time to time, the motif of the messianic secret. He says, tell nobody about this. He gave them strict orders not to tell anyone about him. But then the author of this text, Mark, introduces a radical and chilling change of key about Jesus' divine identity. This change of key is provoked by the same Peter. Why? Because he remonstrates. He protests. That's what's in the text. He rebukes. He remonstrates with Jesus, presumably because he finds Jesus' statements about himself and his identity unsettling for him, Peter. Recalling the experience of Jesus on the part of the disciples and others, and deciphering the significance of Jesus' sayings and doings, St. Mark, the author, then proceeds to outline Jesus' sense of his self-identity in a few short lines. And pick up the text and notice what happens here. Jesus, in his own words, by Mark, is presented as foreseeing that he will be the subject of suffering, unjust and tortuous. He will experience rejection by the establishment, political, social, and religious. All of this and mortal victimhood on the cross in this life are the gateway and the prelude to his being raised to eternal life. All of that you see in the lines we have just read and listened to. In these lines, St. Mark is recalling that in the life of Jesus, God is revealed as a God who suffers with and for us, as a God who dies on the cross, a God who suffers with and for the human condition. St. Mark is building a picture to show that the care for the sick, the suffering and the outcast of society, forbearance of unjustified opposition and suffering, absorption of the injustice of murderous death and its forgiveness 
are all encompassed in the mystery of the divine as revealed in the life of Jesus. In other words, and that's what frightened Peter, I think, Jesus was saying, the true Christian has to absorb suffering, misunderstanding, persecution, even the times murderous victimhood for the good and the true, and be able, like Jesus on the cross, to forgive them for they know not what they do. That's the radical turning upside down of the understanding of the divine. Now, all of that, my friends, is very difficult. Finally then, and intriguingly, St. Mark takes a further step in this text, using the device of expanding his audience to the people, or in another translation, the multitude. Watch that in the closing lines. He speaks to the multitude, the people, and to the disciples. Thereby, with this reference to the multitude, speaking across the centuries. It's a literary device, it's a step that reaches across centuries of time to address you and me in the year 2021. Using the literary device of the reference to the multitude and the crowd and the people, after all this narrative of rich exchange and attribution of statements, St. Mark relays Jesus' spiritually and personally stimulating words to all who would listen. Those words are, anyone who loses his life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. With these closing words and lines in this passage, we are in the zone of self-sacrificing love, which constitutes the heart of the gospels and the heart of the mystery of God's self-revelation in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Don't forget that in that beautiful hymn to love in chapter 13 of the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, the word that St. Paul used for the word love was agape in Greek. And that word means self-sacrificing love. Isn't that right, Father Joe? This, the, the love that puts oneself in the shoes of the other person, self-sacrificing. These words of Jesus, anyone who loses his life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. These words raise the cross as the icon of Christian life and lifestyle. Christians of all traditions stand ever questioned by the cross as it links earth with heaven through the sacrifice of forgiveness and reconciliation. And you know as well as I do, to forgive, to reconcile demands, putting oneself almost in the incomprehensible step of somebody else who may have offended us or done us an injustice. That, that self-sacrificing love is elucidated in the first reading, lines from the third servant song in chapter 50 of Isaiah. Its concrete expression is encouraged in the second reading from the, line, the lines from some, the letter of St. James there, which reminds us that faith in Christ as Son of God flows into concrete acts of kindness and care for others, especially those who are needy. And as Mark implies, even for those who are unjust to us, cause us harm, detest, and hate us. That's chilling, all of that, 
as it was for Peter, who remonstrated with Jesus. That's the power of the living word of God to question us. So my friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, as we listen to these lines from the living word of God this evening, confronted with these passages from the living word of God, and of course, empathizing very readily with the remonstration of Peter, as we deal with the trials in our lives, and we have them all, we all have trials. Let's make the final verse of the psalm, it's Psalm 114 or 115 there, you can read it again, as we face these trials and difficulties. And let us pray those lines at the end of that psalm, which run like this. He has kept my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from stumbling. I will walk in the presence of the Lord in the land of the living. That's what the grace of God and what baptism in Jesus Christ and our struggles to follow the compass of the gospel assure us of that we live in fact now as in eternity in the presence of the Lord, in the presence of the Lord, in the land of the living, in the land of the living, here now when we're raising our families and we hope and pray in life eternal with the risen Lord. So we stand now and profess our faith together. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and was seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We bring our needs before the Lord who always hears the cry of our appeal and who turns to us when we call upon him. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, that he may have health, strength, and wisdom to faithfully carry the cross of responsibility and service that the Lord has given him. Lord, hear us. We pray for those with power, wealth, and influence that they may use these gifts God has given us to help provide for the needs and dignity of the poorest and most vulnerable. Lord, hear us. We pray for farmers and for all who live and work on the land and care for the earth, that they may do so in safety and be rewarded for their efforts with a bountiful harvest. 
Lord, hear us. We pray for all those who serve in our parish community through their regular involvement in committee or pastoral work and prayer, that the Lord may bless their efforts and reward their generosity. Lord, hear us. We pray for those who bear a heavy cross of sickness or grief, that they may find healing and comfort through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary. We remember all those uh, who have been victims of violence. We remember all the victims of 9-11. We remember all those who have suffered violence in our own country and in other parts of the world. We may pray that they may find healing and comfort through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Lord, hear us. We pray that our beloved dead and all who have left this world in God's friendship may live with eternal joy in his kingdom and rest in his peace. Amen. And we pray particularly for the following whose anniversaries occur at this time. We pray for the recently deceased Jerry McNamara, who will be buried after 10 o'clock mass in this church, from this church on Monday. And for the following whose anniversaries occur at this time, Maureen Taylor, Father Harry Donaghy, Stephen McKerney, Elizabeth McKerney, Lucy McDaniel, Emmanuel Shields, Edward Banna, Mary Robinson, Jack Allen, Father Terence McLaughlin, Joe McNally, David Kenny, Harry Shields, Billy Grego, John Finlay, and James Hill. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon them. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. We pray for an increase in vocation to the priesthood, diaconate, and religious life from this parish, invoking the intercession of the four saints of Bangor, Comgol, Columbanus, Gaul, and Malachi. Lord, hear us. God of compassion, hear our prayers and help us to carry our cross when it weighs us down. We make these and all our prayers in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated.
Let's pray, my sisters and brothers, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Look with favor on our supplications, O Lord, and in your kindness accept these your servants' offerings, that what each has offered to the honor of your name may serve the salvation of all, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere, to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For by his birth he brought renewal to humanity's fallen state, and by his suffering cancelled out our sins. By his rising from the dead, he has opened the way to eternal life, and by ascending to you, O Father, he has unlocked the gates of heaven. And so, with the company of angels and saints, we sing the hymn of your praise, as without end we acclaim. Holy, holy, holy Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take this all of you and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice. And once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, 
we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Noel, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. We pray particularly for all the deceased of this parish. We pray for all the living of this parish. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours forever and ever. Amen. Pray together in the words which our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ taught us and left to all who would follow him bearing the name Christian. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, grant us peace. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. 
Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, so my soul shall be healed. How precious is your mercy, O God. The children of men seek shelter in the shadow of your wings. Let us pray. May the working of this heavenly gift, O Lord, we pray, take possession of our minds and bodies, so that its effects, and not our own desires, may always prevail in us, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated just for a moment. A vacancy has arisen for a parish secretary in the parish of Newtonards and Cumber, and the post holder will be required to provide confidential, efficient, and effective secretarial support to the parish priest and assistance to visitors and parishioners who visit or make contact with the parish office, and also to effectively and efficiently manage and maintain the parish office. The terms are based on a permanent appointment requiring 20 hours per week, Monday to Friday from 9am until 1pm. Full, full details regarding the vacancy can be found on the diocesan website at downconnor.org um, by clicking on the tab Job Vacancies or on the Community NI website. Um, we welcome uh, applications from anyone who feels that they meet, may meet the criteria and are interested in playing an active part in the parish of Newton Arts and Cumber. The closing date for application will be 12 noon on Friday the 24th of September. Thank you very much indeed for your attention. And just uh, before the final uh, dismissal, may I thank uh, Bishop Noel for having come down to say Mass uh, for us and with us, and also to remind you that there will, as usual, be confessions immediately after this Mass in the Bishop's porch at the rear of the church. Thank you very much indeed. What's the name of the person whose funeral takes place? So my dear friends, before we pray for God's blessing, just a couple of words. First of all, 
May I thank you all and all indeed parishioners here in the parish of Bangor and throughout this area for the support you give, continue to give to the parish and to the diocese for the provision of services and charity to people uh, throughout the diocese and indeed to the church and the world universal through Trokora. Uh, as you know, this year Trokora has had a singularly successful collection, you know, in, in the Lenten period, despite the pandemic. And of course, they're working in all kinds of areas in the world where there is great need and great hunger. So may I thank you on behalf of Trokora organization for your gracious support for all of that, as I thank you also for your support for the work of the diocese. And uh, the second thing I want to say is, you probably have heard that you've probably been talking about the Synod that's coming up uh, on the Synodal Pathway, the Synodal Pathway that's being launched in Ireland. Last week, the um, uh, bishops throughout the world and dioceses throughout the world received two documents that you'll hear about in due course. One, a kind of a, a, an accompanying document for the Synodal Pathway. It would be rather challenging, of course, as you can imagine, to organize all this now with the pandemic. We'll not be able to gather people in the usual numbers, isn't that right? Yeah, have to be very careful. But nonetheless, in one way or another, I hope that as a local church in our parishes and in our diocese, we will be able to take up some of the, of the um, issues that have been, we have been asked to think about by Pope Francis in these times as he tries with all of us to pick up the contemporary sensibility of people and to face the challenge of how we live our faith, worshiping worship in prayer and in service in the world of our times. That's what it's about. You can Google it, by the way. Um, the, uh, if you go on the Vatican website and look for the documents about the Synod, uh, you'll pick that up. And then, thirdly, we remember all those who gathered in Budapest this uh, past week. It's coming to a conclusion now this weekend, as you know, at the International Eucharistic Congress, where Pope Francis also uh, was present to celebrate Mass with those who were gathered there again in small numbers because of the pandemic. Now, we, you have a funeral coming up, and the first name is? Jerry McNamara. Jerry McNamara. So we, remember, we have prayed for him, we remember him and all our dead relatives and friends here and wherever throughout the world as we consign them to God's mercy. Eternal rest grant to him and to them, O Lord, and their perpetual life shine upon them. May their souls and the souls of all the dead be departed through the mercy of God and rest in Lovely to see some young boys and girls and children here this evening. I hope you're all safe in your schools, girls and boys. So I think we'll consign the children of our parish, infants and school children, to the care of Our Lady in these times as we pray. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy aid or sought thy intercession, was left on aid. Inspired with this confidence, we fly unto thee, O Virgin, O Virgin, our Mother. To thee do we come, before thee we stand, sinful and sorrow. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in thy heavens we hear and answer them. Amen. We bow our heads as we pray for God's blessing for ourselves, for all of us gathered here this evening, and for all who join us for the celebration of this Mass via the podcast. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This Mass is ended. We go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.